Okay. Who's that Pokemon? <laughs> cool. That is the characteristic sound of the W16 powered Bugatti Veyron. Uh, do you know why I'm playing that audio right now? Wait, is that the Veyron or the Chiron? Chiron. <laughs> no, it's 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 called Chiron. Okay, Chiron. Yeah, a lot of people pronounce it wrong with like Chiron or like Chiron. No, it's called the Chiron. Oh yeah, so is it because of the 300 miles per hour speed record? Yes, the magic number 300. It's done it. Yeah, it's and crossed that speed limit. Yes, and that was uh, a big milestone in the automotive industry. And uh, yes, the Bugatti Chiron has done it. Mm. And uh, if you actually saw the entire video on YouTube that Bugatti put out, uh, the actual date on the video is 2nd of August, <laughs> not 2nd of September. If the car was actually traveling at 300 uh, mph, who the f*** was recording it at that speed? What vehicle were they using? No, it, it was no vehicle, right? They were just speed recording instruments. So, yeah, they record in kilometers an hour and miles per hour. So, if you didn't know, uh, Bugatti Chiron, huh. which is Bugatti's flagship model right now, sold for about $2.5 million. Not on sale anymore. Only 500 were built. So all of them sold out within a month in 2016. Hmm. March was the month. It was launched on 1st of March. And uh, let's talk about the engine, which you just heard the sound of. It's a W16, which is two V8 engines placed hmm. side by side. Because a large single block W16 would be impossible. And uh, to make that even crazier, the displacement is 8 liters. Uh, to put that into perspective, uh, most trucks don't have that displacement. <laughs> and uh, the, the Maruti Suzuki cars that you see around you is like between 1 and 1.5 and liters max. Yes, that's so, the English we understand. So 8 liters is just insane amount of displacement. And then, uh, so they didn't stop there. They put uh, not one, okay, not three. Okay, they put four turbochargers <laughs> in one engine. Yeah, to put to put that into perspective, the Alto has none. <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> that's a lot of turbochargers. And so, why they did it was uh, they wanted apparently yeah. So if you didn't know. The Veyron was the world's fastest car in mm. 2005 when it was released. Uh, it was f- six years into uh, uh, on the drawing board and everything like that. So Bugatti wanted a car which would accelerate in almost every gear at like the highest thrust. So they put two turbochargers which would let it accelerate from like say zero to X amount of RPM mm. and then the other two for like the top end. Okay. Because uh, large V8s are actually naturally very lazy engines. And then they have two V8s. So to make those lazy engines perform better, they've put two turbochargers to wake them up mm. and then two other turbochargers to like let them rev free at high RPMs. So yeah, Bugatti actually does good RPMs. And uh, so the Veyron's, as far as I remember, its top speed record in 2005, where it actually set the record, was I think 250-ish miles per hour. Okay. And then uh, Chiron was released 11 years later. Uh, in between, there were like the cars like the Koenigsegg Agera and the Koenigsegg CCX and then uh, Koenigsegg Regera. Uh, the McLaren F1, which was 10 years before the Veyron, actually had a decent speed record, I think 240 miles per hour. So yeah, our um, a speed record breaking has been pretty slow. We've only increased by like 10 miles per hour over the uh, every decade. 
And so in 2016, when the Chiron was released, it was, I think, rated for 264 miles per hour. Okay. So yeah, it was fast, but then it was like, what, 12 or 13 miles per hour faster than the Veyron. But why did they, why do you think that they took so long to break this record? Which, which one? The 300 miles per hour? Yeah. Okay. So this is the story. Uh, okay. Let's talk a little, little bit of physics here. Okay. Hmm. So have you traveled at 100 kmph? Yeah. Cool. Okay. So when you travel at 200 kmph, you feel three times the amount of wind hitting you. Okay. Right. And then when you do 300 kmph, you feel three times of three times, which is nine times the amount of wind hitting you. Hmm. And then 400 kmph is what the Veyron actually did hmm. back in 2005 was just insane amount of wind. So the problem with high speed cars is not the amount of engine power they're producing. It's how slippery they are in the wind. Hmm. So drag is what they have to reduce. And that's why Bugatti has the shape that it does. It's not because uh, Volkswagen designed that. So yeah, Volkswagen owns Bugatti. And not many people like the design of Bugatti, right? Yeah, because the car was designed almost entirely in a wind tunnel. Mm. It was not supposed to be a beautiful car. Mm. It, which it actually is. I think it's a very beautiful car, the Veyron. Okay. And I actually think it looks better than the Chiron as well. But okay, that's uh, up to people. Anyway, so the car is entirely designed in the wind tunnel. And what happens in high-speed car is... Uh, you need to fight the wind more than to fight the tires or uh, the engine because the engine will rev as hard as you want it to. Just put another turbo on it. Mm. I mean, nobody recommends putting more than two. Bugatti already broke that myth with putting four. And then <laughs> now you have a quad turbo W16 8 liter engine producing what? A thousand horsepower? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, some uh, variants of the Bugatti wear on sport also produced, I think, 200 horsepower more. So they were like 1150 or 1200 horsepower. So, yeah, power was not the issue even back then. Even back then, they actually could squeeze out, say, 2000 horsepower if they wanted to. Hmm. But then, uh, uh, automotive manufacturers, it's not about power race after you've reached 1000 horsepower. It's about sustained power, right? Because if you're doing 400 kmph, the car is not going to reach it in 20 seconds. It's going to take a while to reach 400 kmph. So you don't want the in something wrong to go with the engine when you're doing, you know, those 40, 50 seconds of like 9,000 RPM pinned mm. at the back. It doesn't do 9,000 RPM. Very rare cars do. Lexus LFA. <laughs> but yeah, so that's the thing. And um, so the speed record, the 300 miles per hour. So 250 was a pretty easy number to reach. When you take things into perspective, yeah, 250 is a lot. So a lot of cars, like the, the craziest of supercars, like say Lamborghinis and Ferraris and McLarens, they lose all their steam after they touch 200. They are, they do pull to two, 210, 215, mm. but that's after at least like two, three kilometers of just going full ham. Mm. So 250 miles per hour was pretty easy when compared to 300. Mm. So a lot of cars can't do 300 because... Um, uh, if you want to do 300, you have to make your car super slippery, which means you have to reduce the drag. Hmm. And if you reduce the drag too much, uh, the car would take off. Hmm. Because another fact... Well, that uh, was mentioned in the video. He, he was told it? Like, yeah, yeah. Cool. So one of them, one of the crew members, they told like, at that speeds, yeah. it's usually the airplanes that are flying. Yeah, you know, air, airplanes sure actually take off a little after 200 miles per hour. 200 huh. and 250. It depends on the size of the airplane. Because the airplane the longer mm -hmm. it takes to take off. Mm -hmm. But then at 300, every single airplane in the world is already in the air. Mm -hmm. So now you need to have a good balance between low drag, which is the ability to slip mm -hmm. and good grip so that you keep your car on the road. Mm -hmm. 
because what happens at 300 miles per hour is even if your car is on the road your steering will stop working hmm. even if you turn the front wheels nothing will happen because they're already on in air hmm. about a millimeter high so that was the biggest problem and i'm pretty sure bugatti won't have a problem with it because it defies the laws of supercars when 2005 when it was released uh, it had the craziest engine ever known hmm. in automotive industry i mean craziest not by the amount of cylinders it had like crazy it's just like bizarre w16 nobody had ever seen it before apart from some bentleys but then they were like normal cruiser engines this was like a super hypercar engine probably the first hypercar right and then the car weighed over what 2.5 tons hmm. that's like a mountain uh, compared to like ferraris which weighed like what 1.3 1.4 tons so you would expect the ferraris to go faster but then the bugatti did because bugatti could actually sacrifice having less grip because it was already so heavy hmm. so it didn't ha- it would actually not take off and also oh, there was also this small myth and actually it actually came out to be true okay that bugatti engineers did not remove the rear view mirrors because they were the only things keeping the car on the ground <laughs> they were What? yeah they acted like negative wings they kept the car on the ground if they removed the mirrors the car would take off like i'm not even kidding it would actually take off the ground and then nobody knew how it landed and if you've seen some previous formula 1 like 1980s and 70s mm-hmm. you know what happens when aero goes wrong yeah, a yeah. backflip and then the person's dead so yeah so that was the biggest challenge and the fact that bugatti waited about 3 years because mm-hmm. the bugatti launched in uh, 2016 march 1st of march uh they waited 3 years and used the almost the exact same car to break the record it's just saying something about the company right because they already had the car with them and mm-hmm. then So yeah I think people were expecting them to break the record in 2016 the 300 miles per hour mm-hmm. because the Chiron uses uses the same engine but produces about 500 horsepower more yeah about the engine this some articles say that there were modifications done there were, there were like what kind of modica- modifications no, are we talking there about? were no modifications done at all to the engine they just tuned the ECU to produce 100 more horsepower mm-hmm. and which is negligible right because the engine already produces 1500 mm-hmm. so if a engine producing 1500 horsepower produces 100 horsepower more shouldn't make a huge difference and they actually had no physical modifications to it so what happens is bugatti is also known as a luxury car brand if you mm. didn't know mm. so veyron is also veyron and chiron are also the most luxurious cars in the world mm. apart from being the fastest if you see inside them they use more leather than rolls royce okay that yeah. i didn't know so so their engines are actually tuned to be more comfortable mm. than outright performance and yeah that's like a wrong thing to say because they already do 250 miles per hour very easily <laughs> but yeah so that's why because they want the cars to be quiet even when they're doing 200 miles per hour so that's why the extra 100 horsepower was always there in reserve they just didn't exploit it until now because they actually wanted to make a speed record this time mm. and if you see the actual car which the record is broken in is completely stock Mm. like it's got all the leather interior and everything mm. uh, compared to all the other cars that you see in the market trying to do speed records they're mm. like completely bare bones inside with like one less seat and mm. complete carbon fiber so bugatti is uh, hats off to them for this case though um and wh- what does this record mean to the do, entire world this record is insane because this is not even talking to the automotive industry only it's talking to everything right aerospace as well mm. cuz companies can't keep airplanes down at 300 miles per hour hmm. and bugatti has done that and yeah that is crazy and uh, do you know where they broke the record 
Yeah, so that's this one giant oval somewhere in Germany. Okay. And as far as I know, I saw a Top Gear episode. It is the oval is so unstable that if a car is very stiff, it'll bounce off hmm. from one lane to the next lane. Hmm. And now for a car to be soft enough to run like super fast in the oval hmm. and have enough power and have very low drag to hit 300 miles per hour, that's like a giant feat, man. It's just insane. And uh, uh, it's it's really funny how they start the video when the car is already at 200 miles per hour, <laughs> which is where all supercars stop accelerating. And the, it actually accelerates faster than my bike does from 0 to 100. Hmm. And it's a pretty fast bike. It's a 250, but like not <laughs> in comparison okay. with an 8 liter engine, but still. So from, I mean, from 200 to 250 miles per hour, the way the Chiron accelerates is just like mind boggling. Mm. And then uh, the, yeah, dude, the engineering involved into this, which was already done three years adva- in advance is insane. So now we know how the Chiron is different from the Veyron. Mm. So, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but the Chiron is actually based on the Veyron. It's almost the exact same car. Veyron has a GT version, which is what the Chiron was based on. And uh, everybody was like, no, this is just like an elongated Veyron or like uh, a little more expensive Veyron or like a refresh of the Veyron. But it's an entirely new car from ground up mm. just because it looks the same because they wanted the family cars from the same family to look the same. Mm. Uh, but yeah, the car is entirely different because it's actually, I think, lighter than the Veyron while being bigger in all dimensions and having like what 400 more horsepower from the, the w16 the bizarre engine so yeah the, i think the chiron uh, comes stock with 1480 horsepower mm. which is 1500 ps and 1600 newton meters of torque and for this record they did 100 horsepower more i mean it didn't matter to us but then they had to do it to at least reach 300 miles per hour and so yeah th- that's why so they actually always could do it and talking about the other modifications, uh, they reduced the aero because, uh, so what happens in sports cars is you want not, not only you, you want your car to go in a straight line, you want it to go around corners as well because you want it to take on a racetrack. And for that, you need good aerodynamics. So they kind of reduced those aerodynamics because this is like a straight line race mm. against 300 miles per hour barrier. So they reduced the aerodynamics. Not by much though, some little flap tweaks, they didn't remove or add anything to the cars. Uh, the most important things they did was the tires, uh, which were given by Michelin. Tires were x ray right? Yeah, they're always given by Michelin, mm. tires. And until the Veyron was actually made in 2005, there were act- no tire in the world which could do 250 miles per hour. I mean, there were tires which could do that, but then not with that kind of weight. Veyron is a very heavy car. It's like super heavy, the car. It weighs more than most SUVs, mm. the car itself. So, so yeah, so there were no tires in the world. So, Bugatti actually made Michelin make tires of the same material they made airplane tires of. And those tires are completely handmade. They take layers of rubber mm. and they put on top of each other and take about, I think, 10 days to make every tire. Yeah, a set of tires of Bugatti Veyron will cost you as much as a car, new car. So, really expensive tires. So, what it is this time with the tires were not much because the Chiron is lighter and the aero is downgraded because they don't want the car to stick to the road. Mm. They want it to be in a balance between the air and the road. Mm. So, they x-rayed every tire to look for micro fractures. Because x-ray can uh, look at nano fractures and micro fractures. Mm. So, only to make sure that nothing happened to the car at 300 miles per hour because when you're doing 300 miles per hour and one tire shreds off (laughs) you need a new underwear (laughs) 
<laughs> right and uh, if you saw the video the driver was like completely chilled he was just chilling there this gun in the throttle and the car was just accelerating like it's his business he was really calm my right? god he was like woohoo we've done the record and we're like okay the car is doing 300 so like yeah 300 miles per hour is 490 kmph they could have gone to 500 kmph but then that's enough for now they, they could have yeah they could have i mean the thing is after what they've done we don't know what else bugatti can do <laughs> So we've opened the Pandora's box. Yeah, cuz 2016 uh, all the manufacturers were like oh you know what Chiron is coming out probably be the first thing oh, yeah, that other companies what, what do you think uh, this statement of Bugatti's uh, <laughs> will mean for this other is, companies? I think they're pissing their pants off right. They now. are done. I think after 2016 which was when the Chiron was launched everyone was expecting the Chiron to do like 300 miles per hour like right out of the gate and mm-hmm. Bugatti was like no no we're doing 264 we're not actually interested in speed we're good with comfort and luxury and it's a pretty fast car so everyone's like okay so <laughs> i think it's a chance for us to make super fast cars because they knew bugatti would take at least 5 to 10 more years to make another car hmm. so i think a lot of companies i think hennessy uh, with the uh, hennessy venom f4 they were like you know what we are going to make the world's first 300 miles per hour car konixx is always trying to do that cuz they're a small company they need to make big leaps to make this some noticed and then um ssc hmm. uh, which already made the ultimate aero and uh, the thrust ssc uh, they've already done the land speed record i think f- they broke the sound barrier i think 1400 kmph so that that company is already i think in the final production stage of their car which is supposed to do 300 miles per hour hmm. which is why i think bugatti made the record first because i think they be the first yeah so i think bugatti waited until the last moment to piss companies off because <laughs> companies were getting there right eventually our technology will let us get to 300 miles per hour mm. so i think in the next 5 years you will be seeing at least three cars doing it but uh, yeah bugatti probably waited until now and then broke the record and the fact that they actually broke it one month before they put it out mm. so shows patience there talking about waiting and patience uh, here in india <laughs> we have to wait for another 2 years just to book the revolt 400 i think it's 2 months the 2 months next 2 months we have to yeah. wait because it's already sold out yeah cool. uh, what is the revolt based on it's based on a chinese company right uh, super soko yeah super soko so chi- uh, so china has these uh, famous electric motorcycles called super soko and uh, they have the 1.5 kilowatt hour motor and so the problem with china is if you want your vehicles to be cheap they should be under 25 kmph of top speed so you can accelerate like a ferrari to 25 kmph but stop there <laughs> so, and they're super tiny they look like toys dude yeah so chinese electric uh, two wheelers weigh under 50 kilos hmm. because they want them to be like super lightweight so that the range is more right so electric two wheelers uh, depend a lot on the weight of the vehicle and how much power the motor is consuming at a con- like at a continuous speed so yeah the revolt i think it was launched last month right last yeah, is the new last month. so yeah they were they were launched last month 28th what oh, there was like 5 days ago yes they were launched 5 days ago and but surprisingly they launched two versions they launched one which is almost the exact replica of the super soko mm. but with like very strong steel because indian roads are not very friendly to two wheelers <laughs> and the other one was like a plus version i think it's called the 400 right 400 yeah so uh, plus version which is like plus in every way it's bigger tires bigger dimensions bigger motor bigger battery which actually looks like a bike yeah that so that looks like a 125 cc and then the 300 looks 
uh, I wouldn't comment. It's it's a small bike. It's a tiny bike, and uh, yeah, anyone over eighty kilos will look like he's riding an electric motorcycle. Mm. Very small one though. Anyway, so yeah, Revolt. Uh, nobody thought anybody would actually book them because they have a very different pricing strategy. Subscription uh, based. Subscription based. They don't actually let you pay for the bike up front uh-huh. because. If you do pay up front, you'll actually realize how expensive the bikes are. Hmm. The smaller one is not, it's pretty reasonably priced. Uh, 1 lakh rupees. 1 lakh. If you do them, like multiply the number of months with how much you're paying per month. Uh, so you're paying... We're paying for 30 months. 36 36 months. 3 years. Hmm. I think 37 months. It's 37 months and um, 3,000 per month for the smaller one. Hmm. And then if you want the bigger one, uh, you pay 3,500 a month. For 30, 37 months 37 as well. Months. And then there's also this plus, like, uh, this this plus subscription basis. I think they give you these Bluetooth headphones and things like that. Uh, so that's like four grand a month. All I mean, these merchandise. Totally not worth it, as far as I think. Yeah, merchandise. So they give that you increases your cost about 20 grand. More. Yeah, and it's not worth 20 grand at all. Huh. I mean, I don't know what else they give because they haven't specified exactly what. But I think the... 3,500 one is like the one to get if you are getting it. Hmm. So that's their model. They let you pay 3,500 rupees, Indian rupees for all the uh, uh, other nationality people watching this <laughs> or, or maybe listening to this, um, which is about uh, $50 a month. Huh. So $50 a month or 3,500 rupees, you get an electric motorcycle with a 3 kilowatt motor, which is pretty powerful. I'll let you know the figures soon. Uh, 85 kmph of top speed, which is about 45 miles an hour, mm. 50 miles an hour almost, and uh, 150 kilometers of claimed range. Mm. So that's ARA certified. And so that's the range they calculate when the motorcycle is doing 45 kilometers per hour continuously mm. in Pune, mm. in under test conditions. So never accept never that range, it. never, never believe never. that range. So that's why cars which claim 25 kilometers of range never, ever even get close to it. <laughs> Usually it's 18 or 19. Yeah, because those cars are tested at Indian speed limits. That's Mm -hmm. like 60-65 kmph or 80 kmph max. You ride ride in traffic and things like that happen. And the biggest thing with electric motorcycles or bikes is the most amount of energy they spend is 0 to 20 kmph. The traffic speeds. Mm -hmm. That's the most amount of power a motor has to spend to get the motorcycle moving. Mm -hmm. Even with engines, right? That's why all petrol engines perform really bad under traffic conditions. And then they have the heating issues also. Heating issues as well. So that's the thing, right? So that, uh, that's another issue with the Veyron and the Chiron. Sure. That's actually why they didn't put the 100 horsepower that they put later hmm. into the original model. Because hmm. they wouldn't also, they wouldn't actually be able to heat with, uh, like deal with the heat. Because the Chiron already uses 10 radiators. Do you know how much a normal car uses? One. Right? Yeah, one. <laughs> a normal car uses one radiator and the Chiron uses 10. And because they have 1,500 horsepower and like a giant monster of an engine just like chilling there. So <coughs> if they made a production car with like say 1,600 horsepower, they'd have to put another radiator in there. Mm-hmm. And that's already an over-engineered car. Putting another thing in there wouldn't be easy. Coming back to uh, Revolt. the Revolt RV300 and the RV400. So the 300 is priced at 1 lakh. The 400 is priced at I think 1.25 if you do the math. Or don't don't take my word for it. It's 3,500 per month and then the uh, the smaller one is 3,000 per month. But I think the 3,000 per month is not a good value hmm. because it is a smaller rear tire. It is a smaller frame, smaller wheelbase, half the size of the motor. 
batteries are swappable but it's heavy it's yeah 20 kilos 20 kilos and there's no way you're going to get it inside the house yeah. unless you have are you bulk. if if you guys have ever lifted a lpg cylinder not the american audience the indian audience <laughs> if you ever lifted a lpg cylinder and you've thought this is heavy then never mind because those weigh about 16 kilos and these are exactly these, these are 20 kilos. i think 19 or 20 kilos depends 19 and a half to 20 depends which which one which model it is yeah, yeah. so uh, swappable is just a an add on it's not a feature you wouldn't want to do it mm-hmm. because it is actually you can actually charge it at your home but who would carry a i mean give a trolley with it or something like do something man 20 kilos of a battery it's insane i actually thought there'll be like two separate batteries रजिस्टर्ड इन योर नेम but it is also kind of registered on the company's name as well hmm. cuz they would want you to pay the 36 or 37 months of emi hmm. and if and you don't they can remotely yeah so if you actually forget it. if you forget to pay your emi some month they'll remotely shut your bike off so no harms done no cops coming to your place the bike just won't work until you pay and uh, so you pay for 37 months and then the bike is entirely on your name and the best part is for those 36 or 37 months 3 years you have free brake pad changes hmm. and free tire changes tire and those are literally the only maintenance things happening on an electric and even if you change your mind you can sell off the bike off yeah yeah any any time in your ownership you can sell the bike off and the person buying it will continue with the EMI but how much that person pays you depends on you how much you want to charge if you already paid like say 45000 for your bike you you technically shouldn't unless you're a dick uh sell it for 45 sell it for like see 36 cuz you've already ridden it for a while mm. so that so your emi gets transferred to that person and because the bike's registration is all electronic they can easily change the name of the registry, name of the registry. right so that's how so that's the ownership of the revolt and no the fact that the company is doing free changes of tires and brake pads that's i think about uh Five no, not more. I think that's about six to seven k in expenses, which is the company is taking on itself. Because mm. the tires will cost at least about four to five grand mm. for uh, the front and the back, and the brake pads uh, very occasionally. I think once a year you you actually might have to change them. It depends. The bike is actually pretty lightweight, so at least once in the next three years you'll have to change them, and that will cost you about one k extra. Do you think that these kinds of pricing strategies is uh, very advantageous for? uh the ev players in the industry it actually is Spe- especially if you take in mind uh, how costly either vehicles are either 450 like 1 and 1/2 lakh exactly why the rv is selling hmm. okay now let's me let me give you a comparison so the either 450 has a 3.5 kilowatt hour motor and that thing blew me away for the first time i rode it and i actually got to ride it before anybody any normal pedestrian got to hmm. because i was close to the uh guys we guys we went, went there right, right? We went so there. i got to ride it and that's a really powerful scooter it like yeah i think it's somewhere on par with i think a 150 to 200 cc bike hmm. so it actually accelerates that hard and now the revolt is 3 kilowatt just a little smaller but then ather's claimed range is 60 kilometers claimed claimed but real world is 45 hmm. and revolt with just a little tinier motor claims 150 kilometers 
That's like a big leap, right? Uh, oh yeah, so this claim range also depends on which mode you run. So they have three modes, mm-hmm. which is like eco and then medium and then power. Sport, uh. Something like that, sport. So sport does 80 to 90 kilometers mm-hmm. per charge, which is also pretty respectable. I can, I can go to my college at least four times mm-hmm. in with that amount of charge. That's Real, like how many kilometers? Realistic. So the 20 kilometers per day I travel. Mm-hmm. And that's how much a person usually should travel. If you travel more than that, shift your house, people. <laughs> go get closer to your work destination. You should not travel more than 10 kilometers. Or use the public transport. Oh, actually, much maybe that's in off. case of if you're living in Bangalore. Hmm. I don't know how other cities respond to kilometers and um, amount of time taken in traffic. But yeah, in Bangalore, 10 kilometers result in about one hour. Hmm. If you know the gullies, if you know the main roads, then too bad. Like I take one hour to get from my home to our yeah. studio. Yeah. If so, yeah. If which you, is like which is like five kilometers away. So if you do use the main roads and if you're driving a car, uh, check out our podcast. <laughs> listen to it. It's a it's a pretty cool thing to listen to. Pretty informational as well. That was like a very okay. Never mind. Continuing. Uh, where were we? Uh, Oh yeah, pow- yeah, performance figures. Performance. So the RV four hundred is almost on par with the Aether because I'm I'm pretty sure it weighs under under hundred kilos hmm. or something around that. Because electric manufacturers have to uh, uh, control the weight of the motorcycle more than anything else to get better performance and battery life, right? Because hmm. electric is all about battery life. Performance, I mean, people can live with even if it's pretty mediocre. But battery life is something very important. If it lasts to like what forty kilometers and then you have to charge for six hours, eight hours. People yeah. will have a problem and, with it. And with Revolt, you don't have to worry about the battery's life. Because it's swappable. Yeah. And like, you don't have <coughs> to worry about best, That's the best. That's, okay, let me tell you a life hack. So, what happens with, with even lithium batteries, which Revolt is using, which is a crazy thing because you cannot use lead acid at that price and in 2019. So, you're using lithium batteries. But then after a thousand charge cycles, which is about three years if you charge your motorcycle every day. Mm. And I have no idea why you would ride a motorcycle for 90 kilometers a day. But then, I mean, that's up to you. So, that's about three years. But then after three years, the efficiency of the battery will reduce to drastically. About it'll, it'll go down to about 60%. Mm. So, then your range will be about 45, right? But you don't have to worry about that because Revolt has a swappable battery. And you can actually pay for a battery swap. So, once... I mean, this is a life hack. So, if your battery is getting old... Don't sue us. <laughs> don't sue us. But if your battery is getting old... Just go to one of these swapping stations and just swap the battery and you have a fresh battery with you. Thank us later. (laughs) Thank us later. Yeah. So if you're actually going to buy a revolt and you've made up your mind after I've said this, then uh, uh, I'll just link my Google Pay account. You can pay me some money. (laughs) (laughs) Or you can ask uh, revolt to sponsor us. Yeah. You guys can just subscribe and like our channel. Yeah. Hit the bell icon. That. So... uh, 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 the reason this is all not flawless is because this is our first video and we're trying to uh, fluidize things. That's a new word. I just created it. We don't even have a uh, intro music yet. We're still working on that. I mean, we might actually. Let's see. Uh, let's, let's put some music in right now. Right. <laughs> back. <laughs> we're back. We're back. We're still we're annoying back. you. Cool. So, uh, so yeah, this is our podcast. We call it the... And Ignition Channel podcast because <laughs> we are too lazy to name it and this is the name of our channel And Ignition Channel. If you're thinking what And Ignition is, you are as clueless as we are. Yes. And uh, and this is going to be coming very frequently. I can't promise every day of the week or a particular we day of the week. We don't have a timetable yet. We no. actually don't want to have a timetable because then we'll be actually forced to make a podcast when we don't want to. 
but then the thing is we're already in the automotive industry so we get a lot of news continuously so every time we have a decent amount of news which we can deliver in a fun way we'll uh, try to get a podcast out which is i think every should be every four days <laughs> but don't take my word for it <laughs> not on sundays but that's my uh, just my day off <laughs> and uh, so yeah that's it if you like the podcast you know uh, what to do yes because i don't <laughs> bye bye <laughs>